largest arms in the world, brother. Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not so favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So John, we all have our favorite combinations, things that, you know, universal, things that everybody likes or, you know, things that are really popular. Of course. Peanut, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Uh, the pick and roll. Uh-huh. The captain and Tennille. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody needs a little muskrat level. Yeah. Well, I just say by, by everybody, I mean nobody. Nobody. But, <laughs> but so what's your favorite combination? What's the, the what's the combo that, that like, yo, this is what works for me? I like beer and baseball. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I was thinking, yeah, chocolate and peanut butter, but yeah, beer and baseball. Well, baseball and anything works for me. Too, sure. So. Yeah, typically. <laughs> but of course, you know, we're sitting here because we want to talk about the the ultimate '80s combination. Yes, of course. Rock and wrestling. Rock and wrestling. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling with the <laughs> the then WWF made their bid to take over the world. Yes, and uh, and didn't do well. Well, not not in not through this effort. Not through, not not through animation. <laughs> they were more successful in other means, but not, exactly. uh, this was not the uh, this is not the vehicle for them. But uh, yeah, so the Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. For that, we we go back to 1982, and. Look at the. We'll do a little a little wrestling history first before we yes, get into this. Cartoon. That's important. Yes, it's, yeah, you it's, have to set the scene. It sets everything up because <laughs> at that time the professional wrestling was built on territories. So you had the Northeast and you had the the World Wrestling Federation, and then you had down in the South there like the Memphis had its own area, the Tennessee, and then there's another one in the South that was I think it was All American Wrestling, but mm-hmm. they were all over the country, but they were but they weren't territories. Unified. Yeah, yep. And each there was a the unspoken un, you know, unwritten agreement saying you wrestle in your territory, you you guys you travel within your range, and then you just stay there, and then we'll all coexist, and everybody was moderately happy with that sure and then uh then the world wrestling federation had a little change when vince mcmahon took over took mm-hmm. over from his father yes and immediately everything was about well we're, well, i'm not going to stay here we'll make more money if we go yeah go let's, somewhere else so let's start traveling and yeah. of course it rubbed everybody the wrong way but they couldn't do anything about it because there was no agreement saying well you can't wrestle in memphis yes it was a gentleman's agreement yes and, which doesn't last long in professional wrestling yes and yeah. yeah when vince mcmahon does not appear to be a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> he kind of goes and just runs with it so yeah so yeah that that regional promotion agreement is is dead and under mcmahon um he pushed wwf to onto syndicated television which was a big deal which is a big step again it's not just local this is like we're going to try and get this nationwide yeah at the same time then he's trying to sign popular wrestlers he's trying to poach wrestlers from other from other territories yeah. and, and the big get um happened at the end of actually in 1983 when he signed hulk hogan mm-hmm. who is becoming from california a, yes he was well i think at that time he's wrestling in the south Okay, and he poached him, brought him into the WWF, and everything kind of changed because at that point, WWF boomed. They had a big name they could promote, mm-hmm. and they started going nationwide. And yeah. basically, none of the other promotions could really keep up with that. 
And they were on television now. Yes. Yeah. And they're on television, so their na- their names and faces are out there. And it's become a marketing machine. Yes. Yeah. It's a marketing machine, but it's not overly successful yet. Okay. They're struggling. Yeah. There's, I mean, financially they're straining because they're they're going all over the place and they're traveling, but they're you know they're still building their base Mm -hmm. and they rely on like, well, we need to get people watching TV, so then they're going to come to the 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 promotion. Come to the live because not everybody in Idaho knows who these wrestlers are. Sure. So so McMahon comes with the up the idea that he's going to put on this big event. Get everybody on board. It's like, hey, it's like starting over page one for wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, 101. And we're going to call it WrestleMania, the biggest show we've ever done. And he put all his eggs in one basket. So he's got this promotion. Which normally that, doesn't work. No. Well, <laughs> I, every once in a while, you know, like Walt Disney put all his, you know, all the yep. studio finances into Disneyland and it mm-hmm. paid off. But that that's a, not a regular occurrence. Yeah. But, but for Vince McMahon... He made the effort. It would prove to work. Yes. But he had to be able to promote it. So he has this huge cards of, card of wrestling, and he wants it accessible to everybody. But how do you make wrestling accessible to everybody when not everybody watches wrestling or even yeah. knows about it? Right. So now we've got to promote it. And he, being a very savvy businessman, uh, made a deal with MTV. Again, brand new station. Mm-hmm young targeted audience big market and, and he gets them to provide the coverage for the event all the the, the lead up to this event it's a pay-per-view people have to pay for it mm-hmm. but he's going to promote it for free through the yeah. and through music television and so that's where the crossover of wrestling and pop music came so that's where the rock, rock and, wrestling and wrestling tie comes in so there's our combination there's yeah. our big uh, there's our rock and wrestling yeah that's the big hook and so we have to add to this appeal. So, and, and it works. Rock and wrestling becomes a big deal. Cindy Lauper shows up and she's, yep. you know, she's crossing over. She's, she's got me, Captain Lou Albano in her, in her videos. videos. Yeah. She starts showing up in, in on the WWF programming. Yep. And they're, they're writing storylines around her being there. She didn't sure. wrestle, but she was, you know, kind she of was there, there as a yeah. distraction and, and it starts to take off and like, well, we're getting, we're getting teenagers. We're getting young adults through MTV. Mm-hmm. What other what other markets can we mine? Yeah, and of course that takes you to Saturday morning cartoons. So there's this whole group of kids sitting in front of the TV on Saturday, yeah. and you and I were one of them. Yeah, and they're like, "How do we get wrestling in front of yeah. those guys?" Yeah, and some of them yeah. are like maybe their kids already their, their their dads already watch it, or they already they have a knowledge of it. But we get the kids; they're going to push their parents to get them tickets, and they're going to come to our events. Right. So WWF coordinates with Deke animation the uh it's i believe it's actually at the time deke animation city okay what it was called to produce the dic dic yeah uh so they were going to produce a cartoon series featuring the most popular wrestlers of the promotion at the time and so on september 14th 1985 hulk hogan's rock and wrestling debuted on cbs and it would it would live there for two seasons 26 episodes and I got to tell you, this is not what I expected to see when I sat down to watch this. Me either. <laughs> and I remember this cartoon being on, and I really wasn't into it, and now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the same way. I, I knew it existed. I, I remember that it existed. Yeah. But I don't believe I ever sat down and watched five minutes of it. I don't think I did either. Because I watched wrestling, so I was already in. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan and all those guys, I, I loved it. But I don't remember being a fan of the cartoon. And I was maybe smart enough then to know this was 
not worth watching. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and as a kid, you're not looking at necessarily as a critical eye, just like, is am I entertained by this? No, yeah, no. Switch the channel. There's Bugs just, Bunny on. Right. So <laughs> this is not entertaining. I want to watch something else. Yeah, I'm going to watch the coyote drop an anvil on, <laughs> on a Roadrunner instead. Right. That's how we got rock and wrestling. That's, that's the nutshell of how we get how this cartoon showed up. And of course, we'll we'll get into some of the details, the episodes. Um, you know, our opinions will become very clear very quickly, but. Um, one of the tricks with creating a cartoon uh, using wrestlers who are traveling the country is that they can't provide their own voices. And, and really, you don't want them providing their own voices because they're not voice actors. Right. And so they had to find, you know, they're, they're traveling. They're, they're all over the country. Yeah, their demands yeah. are on, you know, keeping themselves fit, moderately fit for the time. Yeah. And, uh, and performing. Tra- travel, and yeah, and doing, doing appearances so they yeah. can't record it. So we have voice actors that were hired. And they got a couple of good ones. They did. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, it wasn't just like, oh, let's find a couple of people who can read a script. I mean, they found some legitimate actors here. Right, right. So yeah. the, 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 we'll start with the wrestlers themselves, the wrestlers that they had. So they, of course, wrestlers, you have heroes, you know, the good guys and bad guys are yeah. uh, heels and fa- faces and heels, as they call it in, in wrestling. But so the good guys are, of course, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Junkyard Dog, Captain Lou Albano, Andre the Giant, Wendy Richter, Jimmy Superfly Snooka and Hillbilly Jim, which it's funny just to read these names yeah. off. They're just kind of Hillbilly Jim, and, <laughs> and this is a good guy on the show. Well, it's funny because those names are in my head, and yeah. you don't think about them, and then you hear them, you're like, oh my god, I, I can picture that person perfectly. I know exactly who that is. <laughs> well, and then we get to the the bad guy. Well, actually, there was one more. There was Tito Santana. I missed him. He was also one of the good guys. The bad guys consisted of Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, the fabulous Moolah, Big John Stud, and Mister Fuji. So yeah, and then they throw Mean Gene Okerlund in there occasionally. Yeah, as as they would in the wrestling, the, the live wrestling. Or yeah, he was almost the, he's the straight man. Yeah, he's just kind know. of giving the play by play or the updates as things are right. going on. And yeah, they they really shoehorned him in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes just why? Yeah, just like, <laughs> we haven't used Mean Gene in a while. Let's throw him here. <laughs> Comedy relief? I yeah, guess, maybe. But, I don't know. But yeah, originally Mad Max Zine was actually slated to be the female wrestler on the villain side, but she left the the company before they actually aired the cartoon. So yeah. they they quick swapped her out and put in the fabulous Moolah instead in her purple jumpsuit and with yeah. the dollar sign on it. Yeah. Which, <laughs> but they never explained. But I guess maybe that's just her thing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, then. The other issue then, of course, when you're you're doing wrestling, wrestling, I mean, these characters don't stay good guys or bad guys. They yeah, change, there's storylines yeah. involved. Yeah. So suddenly a guy turn, you know, does a heel turn. And he's a, he's a bad guy, and 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 of course that happened in real life. Sure. While this cartoon is being produced, so at one point, so we we listed the heroes, and at one point during that those two seasons, Roddy Roddy Piper turns good becomes a good guy yeah, he's a good guy he also I'm, becomes john sutter's favorite wrestler at <laughs> when that he was point. good yeah. when he was good yeah and then you had andre giant turned bad and of course sure. that, the, the big that was the big yeah the wrestling thing where he goes bad and hulk hogan picks him up and body slams him which and, was amazing yeah which was yeah. uh wrestlemania three and lifting up a 500 pound person is yeah. quite a feat and i mean that was that was Kind of you know, a huge change for the promotion at that time, but yeah. but he's now still a good guy in the cartoon, but he's yes. a bad guy in, in the in real life. 
And on top of that, Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Wendy Richter both left the Leave. WWF yeah. in 1985. But they still had it. They're still in the cartoon. Yeah, they still had it to go. So yeah, yeah they, we already they, drew all these pictures. <laughs> we hired these voice the actors. Voices, the voices we'll are just, here. We'll just, just leave them in. Just, the kids won't notice. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the positive on all this is that you know these people didn't do their own voices. They had. And thank God voice, they didn't do their own voices. Professional voice actors who stepped in and and actually carried some of the weight on the show. Yeah, and some names everyone will recognize. Um, Brad Garrett as Hulk Hogan with that real deep voice, yeah. you know. Um, and I thought that he was a better Hulk Hogan than Hulk Hogan. Oh, he was. He had <laughs> he had that that voice down. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was actually one of the highlights of the show. That's, that's saying something, but yeah, um, yeah. Of course, Brad Garrett being of uh, everybody loves Raymond mm-hmm. fame. Raymond's big brother. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah. And so, ironically, he plays in the movie um, "The Pacifier" with Vin Diesel. He's the high school gym coach and wrestling coach, no. and he wrestles against Vin Diesel <laughs> in that movie, and he's wearing the official singlet, wrestling yeah. singlet, you know. And then I'd think, wow, he did play a wrestler once in the 80s <laughs> on a cartoon. <laughs> and yeah, it's the same voice, you know, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, so his career went full circle. It did. Yeah, yeah he came right back to wrestling. <laughs> and we also had Louis Arquette uh, as Jimmy Superfly Snooka and James Avery as the Junkyard Dog. And James Avery, of course, is Uncle Phil, Uncle who Phil. everybody loved Uncle Phil, yeah. you know, and a very talented and versatile actor Mm -hmm. you know um like a legitimate actor and voice actor that that they got on this silly little show yeah and he's not recognizable he puts this really gravelly voice and you know it just Uh and you wouldn't know that it's him until you like see the credit but i mean yeah it i mean it stands out it's actually it's well done it's entertaining as much as he could he could pull it off work with the material he was yeah to work with the material he was given yeah (laughs) which is the miracle of the whole thing The other voice of note um, for Roddy Roddy Piper was Charlie Adler, who is not a household name, but he was very much a a staple of Saturday morning cartoons and, and animation in general. I mean, he did a lot of G.I. Joe, Transformers, other cartoons like mm-hmm. that. So he was very much in his element here. And it, it, it's not the most uh, exciting I mean, he, I guess he, he plays a very excited character. Yeah. But... Eh. And he had that evil laugh down, though. Yeah, he, he had did. Rowdy's, like, crazy laugh <laughs> down, you know. Um, and it's it's hard to do a Scottish accent if you're not Scottish, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, those guys carried the show. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so even though the, the wrestlers didn't actually show up, they had the voice actors, they still appeared on occasion throughout the series yeah. in these live action vignettes and we won't call it acting. No, we uh, can't. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just say they showed up and, and, uh, recorded some silly little skit. Yeah. And just to show that they were involved. Yeah. They, they, they basically pantomimed and said words, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was there. It, it was weird because, well, we'll get back to it, but the opening is live action. Mm-hmm. It's Hulk Hogan and a bunch of his fans. But these little vignettes that they would play every once in a while, to me, it looked like they just caught up with them with a the camera crew wherever they were performing. And they put up a backdrop in the hotel somewhere. And they said, hey, why don't you help this lady unlock her car door? And it'd be funny because you're a big wrestler. You just pull the door off the car, you know. And I think the woman in that little skit was probably somebody that just pulled out of the hallway. She wasn't an actress or actor either. And 
I had a hard time deciding if they were, obviously they were trying to be entertaining and funny, Mm -hmm. but to me, it was funny that they were trying to be funny and it wasn't. Oh, (laughs) like I said, we'll get into this in a little bit, but this, this is to me the highlight of the show. (laughs) This is like I, I, I sat there and watched. Like, well, I wonder if they're you know in the middle of the animation. Like, I hope that there's like a live action segment coming up because this I'm done with this. But like, <laughs> at least what, that's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny. Bad. It's bad. Funny. It's it's terrible. Yes. The acting is awful. It's like, and you can't. T- I assume they're trying. Yeah, but, but you don't know so for sure. Wooden. Yeah. And and what surprised me is that they're, you know, I'm not letting any secrets out of the bag. The wrestling was a setup. Right. It, it was a performance. Yeah. It's sports entertainment, mm-hmm. which is great. But you would think they'd be better actors because they're performers. Yeah. You know, they're on stage. They're on. They're in the ring, the squared circle. Yeah. And you'd think they'd be better at it, but they were exceptionally bad. Yeah. And it's not like they were being asked to do anything. You know, they weren't doing high drama. They're, you know, no. pretend you're in a, you know, what's the one, the one that they seemed like it kept showing up every time was Roddy Roddy Piper pulls up in his car and there's a woman who's like staring at the hoods up and she's staring at her car yeah and he starts yelling at her because she's got she's in his way he's like oh well, you're, you're all pretty but you know your car's yes it's talking gibberish and then he starts yelling at it and the car starts on its own because yeah. he yelled at it <laughs> and it's just what is that what <laughs> it, it, it's kind of beyond comfort like where the idea comes from I, and yeah. You know, obviously they couldn't execute it very I mean it, no. it it happened. Because these guys would do the the pre-match and post-match interviews with Mean Gene or whoever they had there, and they were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had emotion and they were excited or they were angry. You know, those are all acting skills. Yeah. And they just didn't use any of it. <laughs> it was almost like they didn't want to do it. It was like think of everybody you work with. Yeah. That assuming you're not a professional actor. <laughs> And you walk into your office and tell somebody to put a skit together. This is kind of what you're going to get, and maybe you're actually worse yeah. than what than what your coworkers could put together because this is this is uh, painfully bad, but actually funny. But at least it was enter- it was yeah so bad it's kind of funny. You're right. I'm with you because I started looking forward to the live. Like, what's the live skit going to be this time? Because yeah. the cartoon is. I'm done with the cartoon. I want to see what what catastrophe awaits in the live action thing. <laughs> yeah, and that should tell you how bad this cartoon was. <laughs> because these were bad. These were bad. Yeah. But if you haven't uh figured out already, this this hasn't wasn't a good cartoon. No. No, unfortunately not. But we, you did you mentioned the the intro and we should touch talk about that a little bit cuz yeah. again, one of the few things that I actually enjoyed watching was this intro because again, some just the ridiculousness of it. So it, it's it's a combination of animation. So it's it starts with you know the animal live action Hulk walking like behind scenes like at, yeah coming at, out at a wrestling event out to a match and suddenly he turns in the animated hulk who Getting jumps in his in, car he jumps into his white car yeah, i don't know if it's well it's the hulk mobile the hulk mobile but, but it's like a cross between like elvis's cadillac the batmobile and like the homer yeah <laughs> Yes, exactly. The Homer Simpson car. <laughs> Homer Simpson car. And big fins on the back with the letter H and a red interior. And it was just, ugh, yeah. I couldn't understand it. And, and so he starts driving and all of a sudden the, the, the villains show up in their two vehicles, which... Yeah, one's a, like a monster truck. Yeah, and, and the other one's like a hot rod. 
Like yeah, that, hot like rods, a, hot yeah. rod. And yeah. they start chasing him. So the heroes, the good guys, show up. And uh-huh. scare away the bad guys, but I couldn't. I'm watching. I'm like, where did they come Were from? Were they hiding in the ditch? They're par- no, they're apparently. They're, it seemed like they're in the back of Hulk's truck or his All car. All of a sudden, they're in his car. It's yeah. like, and it's not like the hood pops up and here they come. They're just suddenly there, right? And like, I, did they die? And their ghosts are there to or haunt like, them did away. Did he pick it's, them up on the way? And he, we didn't see that. Yeah, it's it's just it doesn't make any sense. But no. but the highlight, the highlight of every episode of Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> Is the, the end live action segment. Yeah. Which is, it starts with this weird groin level shot of Hulk Hogan walking down the street. Yeah. And he's he's doing his Hulk thing. He's pointing. Pointing at random he, people. Obviously talking. You can't hear him because there's just. The music. The music yeah. is going. And then they, they cut to the, the overhead shot of the street swarming with fans. Yes. Or, yeah, fans, fans. In, yeah. in the air quotes. And the highlight is. <laughs> The woman the, in the pink. <laughs> at, at the top you know, the, the top right of your screen, a man in a white shirt bites it, hits the ground, and he takes out the woman in pink next to him. Yes. And they both go to the ground. They like clear the space behind him. She hops up, and she gets right back and starts chasing again. She's holding something. Right. I, I Through Don't 26 know. episodes, I couldn't figure it out. It's grainy. It doesn't yeah. make it. But She's like the babushka woman <laughs> from the, the Bruder film. I, I think she's, she's holding like a... I don't know. She must have been holding something she wanted autographed or something because she was guarding it with her life. Yeah. I mean, she was nearly trampled and her main concern was whatever she was holding on to. Yeah. At first I thought I was worried it was a kid, but no, it's not a kid. No, it's it, not it, a child. No, it, 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 there's no idea what it is, but, yeah. but then, it, but they don't bother to edit that out. They don't, nope. they don't reshoot it. They nope. keep that in there and it keeps panning out. You know, it keeps getting a wider shot. And at the very end, you can see this dude is still, he's still out on the ground at yeah. the very end, right before it cuts. And they're like, there's like people attending people to this guy. Right. <laughs> and suddenly he just, says, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. <laughs> and that's what they went with. Yes. They like, just kept it for 26 episodes. Perfect. We got it. <laughs> what about uh-huh. the people following? Nobody fell. Keep no going. Thought. And now you can't unsee it. Yeah. That's, I just wait for it and I see it. And I'm like, there it is. Every time. Yeah. That's uh, the best part of the whole of every episode, sadly. But uh, yeah. And of course, then you did mention the music too. And I can't not mention anything written by Jim Steinman. Yeah. So the music actually was good. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that was actually when Hulk Hogan started with WWF. That was his, they played his music. It was actually called the... Um, I think it was just like the Hulk's theme or something like that. And composed by Jim Steinman, who, if you don't know the name, you definitely know him through his association with, with Meatloaf. Like the yeah. big wall of sound. And the like big building, grand. Building to a crescendo. Yeah. Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart is One of his. Uh, 100% Jim Steinman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that is uh, what he is known for, that type yeah. of sound. So. This is very much in tune with the Jim Steinman music. He gets repl- that that music gets replaced because they find that what everybody now knows is Hulk music, Hulk's music, which is the Real American by Rick Derringer. By Rick Derringer, yeah, it was like uh, Lee Greenwood before Lee Greenwood showed up. It was like uh, <laughs> yes. the overly sappy, patriotic jingle. Well, now tune. I'm going to try to find a way to get that played on the Fourth of July. <laughs> you know, right after Lee Greenwood's. Proud to be an American is going to be real American. Real American, yeah. <laughs> of course, that that 
gets replaced for Hulk Hogan's music, you know, during the, the run of the show, it also doesn't get swapped out. They, they stay with the they original Jim Steinman piece. Yeah. And once the cartoon ends, Steinman takes his, his music from the WWE, WWF, and this particular piece, reworks it and turns it into a song called Ravishing that he recorded with Bonnie Tyler. Again, yeah. kept that association going. Um, and she actually put it on one of her albums. So he repurposed it and put, you know, even more jim steinman into it and turned it into a yeah and i i think he had something to do with bonnie tyler's album title called secret dreams and forbidden fire it's just like that epic you know big larger than life stuff that he's he's used to doing i i just you're not going to tell me he didn't have something to do with that (laughs) sounds like actually something he would have written yeah yeah absolutely and that's just the intro we haven't even hit an episode yet no, that's, that's just the introduction to, you know, the introduction to what this was. It is all downhill from here, John. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's some good, I guess, if we have to find some good. There's a lot of bad, but sometimes it's so bad that it's fun to talk about. Yeah, it's fun to yeah. talk about. It's not fun to watch, no, but it's, it's going to be fun to talk about. And you, you watched every single episode. Yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. Wow. I watched probably half. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I some of these, I just like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I started to watch them, like, nope, pass. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there were two seasons. Um, there were 13 episodes in the first season, I think. Yeah, 13 in each season. 13 in each season. And, you know, they didn't get any better. <laughs> no, no. I, I remember, when, as I was watching it, and I don't know if you had the same idea, but... Yeah, you know, the first episode, I'm like, this is pretty terrible. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan's barely in it. Yeah. Which is weird. Because it's Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, but episode one, he's yeah. he's barely there. Yeah, like, well, maybe, I mean, they're just, you know, it's the first one. Maybe it's like, you know, kind of a pilot type of finding sure. their footing. You've got to give it a couple of They're going to do the big reveal at the end of the episode. Yeah. You're going to understand why this is Hulk Hogan's show. And, I didn't know. Um, no. And then you get the second episode and it it's more, makes sense more about Hulk Hogan, but it's still not a good episode. No. And that's the one where the... The horse keeps butting him in the rear end. Yes. For no reason. Uh, and yeah, we will talk about that episode. Yeah. But each episode, you're kind of like, nope, it's nope. not getting any better. Nope. It's not. Nope. And there's nope, no recurring. One. The only recurring theme that I found through the whole the episodes I watched, and I, again, I only watched like half of them, was Lou Albano is fat and he eats all the time. Yeah. Every time he's in the scene, he's eating or there's some food falling into his mouth. Or whatever, and like that's so lame already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of take like certain characters and they just kind of keep hammering the caricature. Like yes. Andre the Giant is a big, dumb, big strong dope. guy. Yeah. yeah, wearing a three piece suit. Yeah, or at least a leisure jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <not> sure. What <laughs> everyone is. else is dressed like a wrestler. <laughs> you know, they're wearing the ring outfit, and even Hulk has his championship belt on the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. Andre, Andre looks like the Giants wearing a jacket. Yeah, it looks like he just walked off the line at the grocery store. He was bagging groceries. <laughs> yes. and now he's just kind of moving on. <laughs> but and then yeah, and even with the bag, there's not there's less bad guys. But then it's like Roddy Roddy Piper just yells a lot. Yeah, it's and he's not literally st- a... like jumps up and down and stomps his feet. Yeah, and that's in the intro, the animated part yeah. of the intro. You see Roddy Roddy Piper jumping up and down, having a little tantrum. Yeah, they reuse that a lot, all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so much of this was. 
Well, let's go over. Maybe we'll go through some of our our favorite bad episodes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we talked a little bit about the the pilot, the opening one, which was one of the. So some of the episodes had one storyline, like a thirty minute or twenty minute thing. Yep. And some of them were two shorter um, ones. Most of them written by Jeffrey Scott. Um, and Jeffrey Scott had a list of other writing credits because when we were talking about the you know the pre-show research we're like what do we know about jeffrey scott and you read off well he wrote for muppet babies teenage mutant ninja turtles sonic the hedgehog ducktales tailspin mask and pandemonium pandemonium (laughs) and that then it made sense they're not all diamonds they're not all (laughs) diamonds exactly so it's like you know this guy was a legitimate writer oh yeah he 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 had some really good stuff yeah and then you look at this and go this did he just do this for the money was this like a side hustle (laughs) and he just did what they told him to do and took the money and ran that's that's what i think i got masks to write let me here just crank out a quick little thing for wwf and i'm moving on yeah here's a couple ideas i jotted down you guys go ahead um so yeah episode one is junkyard dog um the junkyard 500 where his car and Rowdy Roddy Piper's car, they enter them into this contest to see whose car is going to be used in this big film production. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they try to sabotage each other. And Junkyard Dog's car is the Junkyard Wagon, which looks like a tree fort yeah. on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rowdy Roddy Piper's um, hot rod mm-hmm. looks like a hot rod. Yeah. You know, big wheels in the yeah, back. Like big, and big drag pipes. racing vehicle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a big funny car type yeah. of thing. And Rowdy winds up winning. And then when they actually film the scene in the movie, they're all watching what his car is going to be the star of the show. They roll his car out onto the set and this big robot dinosaur comes out and it smashes his car. <laughs> just destroys it. <laughs> just destroys it. This is what they're competing over. Yeah. yeah. And and that's just kind of how the episode ends. And they're all like, oh. Oh. They're all surprised by it. Like, okay. <laughs> Do your research, people. Come yeah. on. And then that's it. Yeah. Well, but if, if you want to set a tone for this series. Mm-hmm. One of the the biggest problems with this this show is the animation is inconsistent. Inconsistent is a nice term. Uh, bad, bad, <laughs> bad, bad, is, bad. What's is... the word I'm looking for? <laughs> uh, and it's highlighted so very early on uh, before. Yeah, so they're racing to get to Hollywood to to get their cars in. Yeah, and they go crash into. So they're they're the Hollywood director's got his scene. He's shooting a scene. He's got a man and a woman in front of this wall. And one of the cars comes crashing through the wall and it sends the, the actor flying through the air, probably like 50, 60 feet through sure. the air. Yeah. And he lands in a dumpster. Right. And the animation when he lands in that dumpster <laughs> is that the, the lid slams shut and it, and it just goes, basically he's, he's turned into a two dimensional character because his legs are hanging out and they're still, but moving. that's the, yeah. And they're, and they're dangling, but they're flat. The thing is flat. This thing, it's not like it's like on his legs. No, his legs are gone. Like yeah. the, at the knees, it's just it's closed flat. Yeah. And then they just had these two little animated pieces over the top of it dangling. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's painful to look at. It's it's funny, but it's yeah. oh. And in that one, after I went, you know, watched a few and went back and saw that because because you had mentioned it and I wanted to see it again. The director is like a short little fat character, you know, real characterized. Mm-hmm. And some of the other characters are more normalish, you know, not yeah. as characterized, more just cartoon drawing of Hulk Hogan. So even the different characters, like the style of animation didn't match no. in some of the scenes, you know. It was just, it was distracting Yeah, it, to it, see two different types of animation on the same cell. 
You know, it's like, how many people did they have working on this? <laughs> and, and did they talk to each other? <laughs> well, and, and it's, yeah, that's the, that's one of the bigger things. Is it's just the look of the people. I mean, obviously, the wrestlers are characters of, um, but I mean, between them, like Hulk Hogan looks like, I mean, he's, you know, Hulk Hogan with a little Hulk more Hogan. hair. Yeah, and yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, it's like very clean features. And then you've got Under the Giant, and they just have the big nose. and Yeah, uh, the big Frenchman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Lou Albano is just like, been exaggerated characters. As opposed to somebody like Tito Santana or Hulk Hogan, who are just, you know, there's, they're cartooned versions, versions. of these, but they're not. But like, they're not characterized. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah there's like, a difference there. But then you put them all together, and it doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. No, it looks goofy. And then yeah. you add all the side characters and, you know, the, the ones that kind of rotate in and out. And it's just... Yeah. It and there's so... You know, we have the good guys and the bad guys. But then there are other villains who come in. <laughs> and they don't match either. No, they they, they literally look like it, they walk off from other cartoons. Yeah, like, and even their skin tone. Like the, the bad guy in the horse episode where the horse... Uh, the four-legged pickpocket. Yeah, episode, episode two. two. Yeah, the the bad guys who are trying to capture the horse, and we don't know why. One of he's got like a purplish grayish skin tone. Yeah, that's the so, guy who who looks like Gargamel's poor older brother. You're right. Yeah, you're he, right. He looks like he's he's short. He looks like like he like he walked in off another cartoon. He yeah. looks like Gargamel, just shorter and more hard up than, than even Gargamel was. <laughs> I, it's just, well, yeah, and episode two is just. Uh, uh, it's it's a mess. Do you you want to take a shot at trying to explain the plot <laughs> of episode two? I can tell you what happens. I can't explain it. <laughs> Let's see. There's a young girl with a horse that people are trying to steal her horse. These yeah. these two, you know, Gargamel's older the brother, guys. and then you know, henchman number two are trying to steal this horse. We don't know why, and she's determined that Hulk Hogan. Is going to save her. Is going to help. Yeah. She doesn't know Hulk Hogan. No. She just walks into a wrestling arena, which with a few times a wrestling is actually mentioned during Hulk right. Hogan. It may have been wrestling. the only one I saw really <laughs> that there was actual wrestling going on. Well, there's actually no. I don't think he actually wrestles. It's just like he's done. Like he's just matches over. He's standing in a ring. Yeah. And she just instead of calling out to him, she basically just kind of follows the crowd around. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the horse is with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So he he has the horse. She didn't actually get the, the horse, horse showed up at his gym. Yeah. Yeah. And and as he does throughout the episode, he just his big thing is to bite Hulk Hogan's backside. Yeah. And like, oh. oh. And and <laughs> so you have these wrestlers and they're like, "Well, we got to get rid of this horse." But none of them can move the horse. Under the giant they established throughout this can basically do whatever he wants. I mean, yeah. he could carry the statue of liberty. Superhuman strength. Yeah, wherever he could pick it up and carry it, but he can't do it. They all combined, they can't move this they horse, if, it this horse if, it, their gym. if the horse doesn't want to go. <laughs> and so they're just they're trying to get rid of the horse. They try to get rid of the horse, and then they get rid of the horse because these bad guys come and get it. For whatever reason that they want this horse. Yeah, and they pose as the city animal control people. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. great. Yeah, we got yeah. rid of the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. And then <laughs> then the girl comes and is like, Why did you let him why did you let him take my horse? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, we better go get that horse back. Yeah. And it's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. And it's... And you still don't, at this point, don't know why these other people wanted this girl's horse. And you know what? They may have explained it at some point. I don't even remember because by the end of it, I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> what I surmised is they finally get the horse back to the little girl and the police show up. And they're looking for some diamonds that someone stole. And they think the horse ate the diamonds. 
Oh, so, that sounds familiar. So yeah. Andre the Giant grabs the horse and burps the horse. And the horse coughs up this bag of diamonds. <laughs> well, and it, 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 you're ringing a bell because now that I remember, I was like, before they started burping the horse, like, they're like, well, there's only one way to get the diamonds out of the horse. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking of burping. Right. <laughs> I was thinking they're going to have to wait a couple yeah. days. <laughs> Give it some fiber. Yes. And, uh, and, and see what We're happens. We're going to put there. them on double feed and let's see what comes out. Yeah. So luckily, they went the other way with that. But it yeah. didn't make the episode any better. No. No. And that's just kind of how it ended. Yeah. Didn't know who these bad guys were or no, why they, the horse had the diamonds. and No. Or why this girl's horse was... <laughs> And why she thought Hulk Hogan was the, the savior. And it was an urban environment. The whole cartoon is yeah. downtown. Yeah. So this girl's got a horse downtown. <laughs> oh, and man. nobody seems to know that the horse is there other than the wrestlers who so they just find it a nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, they didn't... Wouldn't it be alarming to you if a horse walked into the gym? <laughs> I would really have more questions. Than hey, that. there's a horse. <laughs> what are we going to do with this horse? Um, episode four, the wrestlers go to a masquerade ball. You remember this? Oh, unfortunately they do. Uh, Andre the Giant is dressed as a gorilla. Poor Tito Santana. They dress him in a sombrero and a poncho. I like this. All right. (laughs) That was too easy. Um, and... Lo and behold, there's a trained gorilla who's breaking into the hotel, and he's been trained to steal the diamonds out of a hotel room. Again, stealing diamonds. Yeah. And hilarity ensues when they mix up Andre with the real gorilla, and the real gorilla has a camera and a speaker on his neck, and he gets rid of that, and everyone thinks the real gorilla is Andre, and Andre is... Somewhere he's just, I don't know where he is. Then he gets arrested because they think he's the jewel thief because he's dressed as a gorilla. And then they do like a whole King Kong thing where the gorilla grabs Wendy uh, Richter. Wendy Richter and yeah. climbs up the Transamerica building. Yeah. Right? It's clearly the Transamerica building from San Francisco. And there's window washer thing, mm-hmm. but there's no windows on the building. There's just this window washing hoist. Yeah. Um, so they're going to rescue Wendy from the gorilla. Um, and then people are just free climbing the building, trying to go up and get, get Wendy away from the gorilla. I don't really remember. And in the meantime, she becomes friends with him because he decides he's going to give her this diamond necklace that he stole. He like puts it on her. Yeah. So she's, she's thinking, wow, he gave me a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) And and for some reason, while this is happening, Andre the Giant has been hauled off to jail. Yeah, with because... Captain Lou Albano and Tito Santana, for reasons unknown, they just they were thrown in jail with them apparently because they know him. Guilty by association. Yeah, and Captain Lou was dressed as a prisoner for the masquerade yeah. ball, so maybe they just assumed he was an escapee. And yeah, you're coming too. Yeah, well, and then Tito <laughs> Santana. Well, you're Mexican, yes. so you should be in jail, right? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, it gets bad. Yeah. Well, so it's the Transamerica building. The reason I mentioned it is because it's a unique building. You know, everyone will recognize that. And it's in San Francisco. At the end of the episode, something happens to Mean Gene. And Mean Gene gets tossed in the air and he's on the Statue of Liberty. So you've got San Francisco and New York City. And it's not like you can mistake the Statue of Liberty for San Francisco. No. And you can't mistake the Transamerica building for New York. So it's just like, what? I, I just couldn't understand. Just Did he get tossed of, across just, the entire country? Or just, what is this? Just yeah. random stuff. Just a bunch of dumb 80s kids. They don't know their geography. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Big city, it's all one place. It's all city, yeah. <laughs> it's just a city and there's this stuff everywhere. Yeah, so the next episode, episode five, is The Cheaters Never Prosper. And it starts off, and I remember watching, watching this and thinking, well, maybe the Iron Sheik isn't such a bad guy. So He's he, going to help these kids he, out. He, he's waiting at the airport to see his nephew. His nephew's flying in from out of the country to... His baseball team's going to be competing in this basically essentially like, like a, a little league... World championship, world championship or something, yeah. And... It's like, oh, and they, they go hug, and it seems like, oh, he's very nice. And then he's like, now I'm going to teach you how to cheat. Yes. Because <laughs> like, I'm the bad that guy. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> and and his, he's like, well, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Like, don't they have a coach? I mean, clearly they're good and they're an organized team. They traveled yeah. across the And the they made globe. it from Iran to wherever they were. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're crowded across, across the globe. They clearly have a coaching staff, whereas the coach apparently didn't travel. He's like, well, yeah. the Iron Sheik's there. He'll yeah, take care he'll of take care me. Of me. Yeah. And so the Iron Sheik is all about, you know, teaching them how to cheat. And one is they go, well, and he, you know, um, his nephew is a pitcher and he, he practice, he, he throws, he throws a pitch to somebody he's like, nope, that's not how you do it. And you got to hit him in the head. Yes. Like, <laughs> okay, you got to beat him in the head. Yes. That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> and somehow this turns into, they, they get to the, the game and of course, because, can't have not have the, the good guys there yeah they have i believe it's wendy richter's nephew is, is on the other team on the, yeah. the, the american team yeah or the whatever the other team however I, they don't really explain that but um but she's so he's playing and so of course all the wrestlers are there to watch because what else do they have to do right <laughs> and and again in their wrestling outfits yeah. <laughs> junkyard dog showing up shirtless with the chain around his neck to watch the ball game <laughs> Not creepy at all. No. The uh, so at one point the Iron Sheik is it's not going the way he wants to do. So he basically kicks. He pulls the pitcher. He, he pulls his nephew off the field so he can pitch. Yes. And then Hulk is like, "Well, if they can play, we can play too." <laughs> and so it just turns into the good so guys versus bad guys. There's no kids on no. the field anymore. <laughs> the except the, actually, except the catchers because the catchers none still of them the wants to catch. No. No. <laughs> but uh, Andre the Giant becomes the uh, the the, the umpire. umpire. Yeah. <laughs> And it just it devolves and it's like what's it, it gets worse from there. Yeah, well, and then it's just yeah the, the the wrestlers going against each other, and then the sheik's nephew saying that's not how we play. And yeah. He sends his uncle away, and then they play, and they're all happy, and it's just yeah. What? And then the Wendy the Richter's nephew's team wins, but then he gives the trophy to the other team. Yeah, he's like, you guys dealt with stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen things. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Oh, goodness. All right, so we, we can kind of skip through some of these a little quicker, too. So you had episode seven, which is uh, Hog Society. Yeah. And uh, a, a Hillbilly Jim-centric uh, cartoon where he and, and his grandma go to his cousin's his wedding. His wealthy cousin's wedding. Yeah, so a very high society, yeah. well-to-do and throughout this he and obviously with the name hillbilly jim you're not high society <laughs> <laughs> well and they uh, they bend over backwards throughout the show to show that he's kind of a you know, he's a dumb yokel yeah. yes and so he and grandma throughout they go they go to the wedding well they miss the wedding because his car breaks down and yep. he has his spare horse that he keeps to pull the car to yes. the, <laughs> and so they miss it so they go to the reception and throughout it everything that happens grandma's like well, she's not going to enjoy that. And yeah. so, like, 
hillbilly, go do, you know, Jim, do this. And so then he does something, you know, some stupid yokel thing. And right. then, it, like, everybody's upset about it. And it keeps happening and over and over. And he's there with his pet pig. Yeah, with his pet pig. And Who was, I was hoping, would be, like, Suey Pig with an eye patch <laughs> <laughs> from Life Olympics. Wouldn't that have been great? After retirement. Yes. <laughs> went to retirement and just went into, he's a wrestling animal. Yeah. 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 I think it, it's all these stupid little, I wouldn't call them misunderstandings. They're just like, well... Your cousin wouldn't like that, so let's do this. So they're, they're, they're literally trying to, trying to change the wedding on the fly. Yeah, they're trying to hillbilly up the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the, br- the, the husband's parents yeah. are like, well, what are you doing? How, right. why, why would you do this? And you're ruining our wedding. And and I think the last one is like they're, they're playing music to dance to. And they're like, well, no, we need some good hillbilly music. Yeah. And so they start playing hillbilly music. And everybody gets upset except for the wealthy grandfather of the, of the husband yeah. who says – well, no, we we came from nothing, and you know this is this is the kind of kind of these are the good people that I like. Yeah, and so they they're they're welcome at any time. And yeah. it's like, so what? <laughs> so, so these two people show up, ruin the wedding, <laughs> and then Grandpa says, "Hey, it's fine." Yeah. <laughs> and everybody then suddenly is like, "Oh, we're sorry for being then judgmental." Yeah, sorry you. for being uppity. <laughs> sorry for being angry that you're trying to destroy the wedding. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, we don't, one, want to, we don't want to tick Grandpa off. No, no. Well, Grandpa's probably paying for everything. <laughs> he's actually, he's the gravy train. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, skip ahead episode nine, where there's the Robin Hulk and his uh, merry wrestlers. Hulk and Wendy and Captain Lou go to visit Captain Lou's uh, uncle, who's an yep. inventor, mm-hmm. apparently a terrible inventor, and he happens to just look just like Avery Schreiber. Yes. <laughs> Like character actor through the seventies and eighties, and I believe he was it was a Doritos or a Pringles spokesman for a while. And if you haven't seen the, the episode of the Muppet Show, I, think, I believe it's season three of the Muppet Show, he actually is the star of one of those episodes. Oh, really? It's, it's actually a really good episode. But yeah, it, that's that's probably the, the highlight of this is that he looks like Avery Schreiber with a uh, rubber band slapped to his face. Yeah, but Hulk gets clearly gets a concussion. And suddenly thinks he's in he's in uh, he Sherwood he's, Forest. Yeah, he thinks he's Robin Hood. Yeah, because well, and Uncle says it's a time machine, meaning it's a clock. But Hulk thinks it's a, he's going to travel through time. Yes. <laughs> and then he hallucinates this whole this sequence whole of events with the, all the other wrestlers as the Merry Men. Yeah. And, and the then Sheik of Nottingham. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wakes up and like, oh no, it's just a clock. Yeah. Oh, and then they find uh, the, then uh, there's a Robin Hood hat just randomly sitting around and yeah. like. Oh, and that cuts the end. Of, that's the end of Where the episode. Where did that come from? Yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, we're left wondering. <laughs> like the end of Inception, is the top gonna fall? Oh, there's a Robin hat. Where did that hat come from? Yeah, like, <laughs> well, you know, you have a concussion, so we're, we're gonna take you to a doctor. We're gonna have you checked out. No, yeah. no, like, oh, but I see a hat. <gasps> <laughs> and I'm sure concussions were rare for those wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. He said his bell rung. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then. Um, you know, we haven't mentioned much of uh, pl- of the plot of these cartoons because there weren't no there weren't plots in no. these cartoons. Well, and a lot of these are, these are like some of the, the dual uh, two cartoon the episodes. two cartoon so episodes. It's just quick and it's like we need fifteen minutes of cartoon. Yeah, here's come yeah. up with something. Twelve minutes of shenanigans. And yeah. On. Well, and I recognized in one episode, episode eleven, Rockin' Zombies. Um, Bobby Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan, opens an amusement park. And the wrestlers are all scheming to get their name on the on the park because they want to be a famous part of this park. But then there's zombies at the park, and it's like this is a ripoff of Scooby Doo. <laughs> like Scooby Doo owns that. You know, you can't have a haunted amusement park because that's that's a Scooby Doo thing. Yeah, well, and 
of course, that whole premise of that is that Bobby Heenan has just taken, you know, just ripped off the likenesses of all these wrestlers <laughs> and, and put them in a park and then said, hey, whoever whoever's attraction gets the most uh, people to ride it, I'll put your name on the front of the building. And they're like, oh, hey. And at one point, they're riding, like, the, the good guys are riding in, I don't, who knows what, what attraction. And Hulk says, hey, Heenan's, Heenan's Park isn't so bad. It's, yeah. it's actually pretty good. <laughs> And so they're all for it. Like, whatever, it's still my likeness. This is yeah. good. People are happy, apparently. You're using my likeness to drive money, and you're using me to drive money. Until the zombies show up. Right. Yeah, so... And then it all goes down. And, of course, as we know, zombies only appear because, you know, you've uh, taken a cemetery and turned it into an amusement park <laughs> right. without approval. And, and so the zombies are not going to be happy about that. Yeah. I mean, if they had approval, they probably would have been fine. Been they would have okay. yeah. been cool. They would have just stayed in their graves. Shoot. But no, they had to get up and, <laughs> and, and and cause a ruckus. And then suddenly, you know, all these zombies are there. And then Hulk realizes, well, wait, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Hulk becomes the voice of reason. <laughs> wait, this isn't right at all. And, and so they go and they go and find the zombies. And I think it's Wendy Richter just like, we're on your side. And like, oh, and they stopped. Like, we know that it wasn't supposed to be turned into an amusement park. Oh. <laughs> They're apologizing. And that's basically it. Yeah. They apologize to the zombies yeah. and they, they come to it. And agreement. like, we're going to make sure this gets turned back into the cemetery. Like, oh. And then they move. They kind of, you know, shamble off and everybody's <laughs> right. happy. Yeah. Except for Bobby Heenan, who, know, who loses Can't, his he's amusement losing his investment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it, so... If that wasn't enough, there's a season two. <laughs> and in season two, I think there were there were two there were three episodes we wanted to mention in season two. Um, season two is in 1986. Episode seven is called Amazon's Just Want to Have Fun, and this is one of the ones where it's one show that takes up the whole 30 minutes. And the premise is Mean Gene charters a private plane for some of the wrestlers. And who knows where they're going. I'm assuming they're going to another event, but they happen to be flying over the Amazon um, in South America. And they crash. And, of course, they run into some natives, some Amazon women. And the Amazon women just happen to be dressed exactly like the wrestlers. Like the leader of the Amazon women looks like Hulk Hogan in the yellow briefs and the tank top and the white bandana. Mm -hmm. White headband and the long blonde hair, and she's the leader. And of course, they don't trust the wrestlers, so they put them in this bamboo cage. <laughs> and then there's bad guys, right? And it kind of turns into an Indiana Jones plot where there's these bad guys that are trying to find this lost treasure in a temple, and the Amazons are upset because it's going to anger their spirits or whatever so they ask the wrestlers for help and the wrestler's like we can't help her in this cage (laughs) and andre giant says i'll take care of that and he just walks forward and takes the cage with him (laughs) it's like why were you hanging out in the cage if it was that easy to get out (laughs) and then the villains the bad guys are again don't match the theme the animation of the rest of the cast of that episode. They just look like, like you said, they walked off set from another one and into this one. Well, and this one, the the main bad guy looks like Dudley Do-Right has fallen on hard times. He does. You're right. (laughs) He's got the exaggerated chin and the blonde hair, and it's just, yeah. Yeah. He's slumming it with the rock and wrestlers. And I don't even know how that one ends, but they try to find the the temple first and... Then they get along the the Amazon wrestlers and the male wrestlers and yeah they get along. All, some, they some, find an old plane, a previous aircraft, 
But the, they, the, the Amazons they worship as an idol. Worship as an idol, but Hulk just walks right into it and uses the radio <laughs> to call for help. <laughs> right? Isn't that what happens? That, that is yeah. what happens. Yeah. And then the bad guys show up and the, the plane gets like somehow just random just falls off the edge of a yeah, cliff. They destroy these people's idol. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm trying to remember what actually happens because like it's some whatever ridiculousness happens and the bad guys get kind of driven off and the amazons get like trapped in like so they literally like what happened to the amazons yeah. i don't know yeah. well <laughs> i bet they're okay yeah <laughs> and then and then a plane shows up because oh you know like because hey hope we got your message yeah like all right we're going home see ya <laughs> <laughs> we just destroyed whatever culture was here and we're out there's five women living by themselves in the jungle <laughs> Oh my god! Ah, they're fine. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it almost seems like they just started writing a story, and when they reached their time, they just okay. <laughs> Episode finished. It's like the the Muppet, the whole Muppet premise is like, well, we don't know how to get out of this sketch. Just throw a bunch of penguins in the air, or blow something up, and it's over. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been an improvement, yes. <laughs> If they had ended with penguins flying up in the air, I, I, that would that would that would be the best episode be of this whole series. Yes. Um, and then my favorite bad episode the art of wrestling episode eight season two hulk becomes a model for wendy's art class and hulk is you know posing and, and flexing in front of the artist and of course all the other wrestlers are in the art class too and they're painting hulk dressed in a toga which is a riot and some of the wrestlers were good artists and even wendy drew a um Picasso-esque version of Hulk Hogan and Captain Lou Albano painted a picture of Hulk that looked really good but when he shows it to Hulk it's just a bust torso up and then when Hulk is holding the picture it's a full body image and then the next time you see it it's just the bust again or the portrait and then it's the full body again you're like what what is going on who's show running this thing yeah I just (laughs) I don't understand (laughs) Where's the continuity guy? Yeah, it's a consistency nightmare. Yeah, he's fired. Well, and of course, on that one, the second half of that, my favorite, this is one of my favorite sequences of the series, which is not saying much, yeah. but this is Blue Lagoons, and it's where, through the course of the episode, Hulk Hogan somehow ends up on a deserted island with, uh, with the Iron Sheik. With the Iron Sheik. Yeah. But it starts with the Hulk's working out on a beach, listening to rock and roll music on his uh, on his radio. Yeah. And so like, oh, looks like rain. And suddenly it's, it's pouring rain. Yeah. And the wind picks up and it's blowing. I mean, it's like a, basically a hurricane. It's just like, just by saying, oh, it looks like rain. And suddenly the it's like, boom. what were you paying attention to before? <laughs> right. <laughs> All of a sudden there's a hurricane. And then there's a boat in trouble. So he swims out into the storm. He swims through. <laughs> like this massive tide is coming through and he's just... Boom, right through right it. Through like, it. He's, he's like Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> and he climbs on the boat, and of course it's the Iron Sheik. It's Sheik's Sheik. boat. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing on my yacht? And it's just like a brown rowboat with a little sail on it. Yeah. Like, who's, what is going on? <laughs> and then they crash on some other island. Yeah, they, they crash on a, on a deserted island, yeah. and then they've got to somehow... Then they've got to survive. And Hulk yeah. knows everything. Yeah. And the Sheik doesn't know how to survive at all. I mean, the Sheik's in quicksand <laughs> at one point. And Hulk grabs a stick and gets him out of the quicksand yeah. and... <laughs> it's and then when they get rescued, the sheik says, "Well, Hulk is lucky I was there; he wouldn't have survived." <laughs> 
And then all the heels, all the bad guys wind up in the water again. Yeah, they fall off them because something madcap silliness has to happen. But did you notice the live segment of that episode was like a music video? Yes. Of all the wrestlers. Yes. The whole universe of wrestlers is in this like wrestling version of We Are the World. It was was, uh, uh, Land of a Thousand Dances. Yes. Because they, at that time, quick sidebar, the WWF had released an album. Yeah. And with some different songs. And the, the big thing was the Land of a Thousand Dances, where they're all, all, all the featuring all the wrestlers. So that shows up a couple times. Yeah. And it's just like this random segment. And, it, and it's not the whole song. It's just like this segment of it. Right. It like starts in the middle of the song and then it just it cuts off. And it's like, what is happening? I don't know. Yeah. And there were wrestlers. <laughs> we got to fill time. <laughs> there were wrestlers featured in that that weren't in the cartoon. Yeah. And if you're a kid watching this, you're like, who the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's. It didn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I'm nearly done with this. <laughs> episode 12 called The Wrong Stuff. Oh. And I love space movies and space history. And I'm a big geek when it comes to that stuff. And this was The Wrong Stuff. And the premise of this, and I'll go through it quickly because it's really embarrassing. <laughs> Somehow the space, the space shuttle's in space and the astronauts are trapped in the cargo bay. And there's a satellite on a collision course with the space shuttle, and they need to rescue them. So what do they do? They gather the local wrestlers <laughs> and train them to be astronauts and pick two of them to go up in the next shuttle to rescue the astronauts. So it turns out that Hulk Hogan and Nikolai Volkov are the chosen astronauts so they get the american you know the real american hero and the russian guy and put them in the space shuttle and send them up with crowbars and jetpacks to go pry open the cargo bay of the space shuttle before the satellite crashes into it (laughs) and they can't get it together and they don't know how to use the rocket packs and they're trying to pry open the cargo bay while they're standing on it it just doesn't make any sense and then there's a camera and nikolai is talking to the people in russia about <laughs> singing the national anthem yeah, singing the national anthem it's like, you're busy you <laughs> you need to save the astronauts it's just unbelievable what, and of course of all this nonsense one of the more nonsensical things so at one point at the very end the Satellite's bearing down, mm-hmm. and Nikolai's standing on it. And he doesn't. He's just whatever. He doesn't bef- understand the impending is happening. Yeah. And Hulk is somehow like way off in space. Yes, he's like not. He's not on the on the on the on the ship anymore. He is just kind of floating yeah. aimlessly. He's on a spacewalk, and and he realizes like, oh wait, we got to get going before that satellite hits. <laughs> and he fires up the jetpack. as <laughs> you know. And swoops in like Superman. And he swoops in with a crowbar and jams it in. And you think, oh, then he's like, he's going to use that momentum and jar it open. No. He stops, stands on the door, and pries on it for a little while to, to ratchet up the tension because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally pries it open and they grab the, the and they get up. But of course, they have time to, to grab these astronauts out, get back to get their to shuttle, the other shuttle, take off, and get basically way away, and then before the satellite hits. So, like, how much time did they really have? Right. It seemed like they had quite a bit. They had plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, yeah, I can't even, I was going to start talking about the physics of space and how they could have used the jetpacks just to push the shuttle out of the way, and it's not worth it. <laughs> well, I, I will mention, too, 
I'm kind of done talking about this dumb show, but <laughs> the uh, you know, the rock and wrestling. There's no rock and roll. No, no. And there is and no very... wrestling. <laughs> Actually, I, I take that back. There are two segments of wrestling. In one of them, in the in the astronaut one, Captain Lou is wrestling a bunch of barnyard animals. Yes. <laughs> Over the TV. Who gets to watch TV? Right. Because yeah. they want to watch the World Series at 10 in the morning. Yes. Which has never happened. No. And the other one is in the Amazon one where Hulk and then eventually Junkyard Dog literally says, tag me in. Yeah, they and, do a tag they, team they, thing. They, they, they wrestle some panthers. Yes. To save the Amazonian women who had just put them in a cage. <laughs> and and this is the wrestling segment of the, of the professional wrestling cartoon. Oh, gosh. Ooh. That was there was a lot. <laughs> rock and wrestling. Well, we can't show any rock and roll or wrestling. So no, let's, let's avoid those. Well, we want MTV's help, so we'll call it rock <laughs> and wrestling. <laughs> but don't show either. But don't. Yeah, we can't. We can't do rock and roll or wrestling. All right. So let's 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 recap this silliness. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we go to our good, bad, and yeah, ugly. I think it's time for the good, bad, and ugly. So. Uh, well, I. Wow. <laughs> so, what's good about this show? Um, not much. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned you liked the music. I didn't say I liked the music. <laughs> okay. But by comparison of everything else. So, let's recap what I like about this. The uh the the lady falling down in the intro. In the intro. The horrifically bad funny bad uh Vignettes. live action segments. Yep. And the voice acting, the legitimately good voice acting by Brad Garrett, uh, James Avery, Louis Arquette, yeah, Charlie uh, Adler, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those that that could qualify as the good, yeah. And, and I, they, that's I mean, about what I'm willing to give. Yeah, that's about where I was going to go. Is it was good that Brad Garrett was in this, because <laughs> <laughs> he was the main character and he was good. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I think that there's not much more to say about no. it. And the bad, well, <laughs> if, if you've been listening to this podcast, we've given you lots of opportunities to say this is a bad cartoon. Yeah, and I can't even think of one particular thing that was bad. To me, it, the animation, I mean, it, it kind of starts and ends with animation. Sure. And this was just bad animation. They yeah. Inconsistent the, from characters just not looking like they're in the same universe nope. to... Um, <laughs> What a just bad animation that, that's nonsensical, like the guy and, in the, the dumpster. Yeah. And and things popping in and out. Yeah. I mean, and there's 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 one segment and I can't. Like I'm Captain Who's painting keeps changing. I'm sorry to drag out this pain, but so there's the one where they, they go to the, the haunted house, the ghost house where yes. the, old, the old wrestlers all live uh-huh. and it's a haunted house. Yeah. And they hear Wendy scream and they go running into a room and she's not there. And they just randomly like, she's behind the bookcase. There's, there's no clue that she's behind the bookcase. They just, just say, and so they pull the, the, the bookcase open and a ghost comes out at them and the ghost comes running through and it shows all the wrestlers, including Wendy being freaked out. It literally yeah. flies at her and she ducks and then it leaves. And then they hear a muffled voice and they go and they find Wendy behind the bookcase. So like, yeah, come on. It's right in the story. Yes. <laughs> it's like the writers and the animators weren't talking to each other. It's like, uh, who cares? Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So that, that the big thing to me is the animation. The, the stories are weak, but you mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I agree with you. That, that's the stuff that I couldn't 
get past. I mean, the stories could have been improved, but the animation was just so, so bad. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just is one of those things where it just wasn't enjoyable. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's not so much that, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I sat through... <laughs> sat through all 26 episodes of this and all i could think of is like i just wanted it to end (laughs) (laughs) can this please okay okay, oh my god there's 17 of these left (laughs) (laughs) so the idea that you're you're plowing through i mean it's a cartoon it's supposed to be at least enjoyable and like something and there's really nothing to to grab onto and really be enjoyable right but yeah i i don't i can't come up with more bad because it's just bad (laughs) So for me, the ugly happens much later in time when WWE owns the rights to the program. And in April of 2015, they start the WWE Network. And they decide they're going to run rock and wrestling on the WWE Network. It's nostalgic and look at this fun cartoon. Well, then Hulk Hogan gets fired by WWE because he went on some kind of racist rant on the radio. Like months late, like within a matter of months. Yeah, yeah within a matter of months, like in July. Yeah. So in April, they launched the network. And in July, Hulk Hogan <laughs> becomes persona non grata. You know, they're like, we're done with Hulk Hogan. And they have to remove everything about Hogan, including <laughs> this cartoon. So that's like, it was bad. And they brought it back. And then they canceled it for a really ugly reason. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and to me, the, the ugliest kind of like the characters of here and there, like the Tito Santana, and they got to put him in, like, dress him up as a Mexican. Yes, for yeah. a costume, and and Louis Arquette, as as much as I, I like, I mean, he does a good voice acting. The problem is, he's playing the, he's doing the voice of a guy who's born in the Fiji Nation. Yes, I mean, he's, he's I mean, and he proudly embraced his heritage as part of wrestler and Jimmy yeah. Superfly Snooker, and there's just yeah. this white guy doing his voice. doing his voice. Like, oh, yeah. come on, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> I realize it's the '80s, and I mean they were just given yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. given jobs out to whatever, and they weren't really worried about it. But oh, well, in Tito Santana, every third or fourth word out of his mouth was in Spanish. Yeah, you know that was that was the gag. He would just say, "Okay, amigos." <laughs> oh, okay, we get it. He's from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, didn't yeah. add up. Yeah, no, this is so. Let's thankfully not a lot of ugly, but but it's, enough. Yeah, that it was there. Yeah. Um, typical the eighties. I yeah. what we've been finding are yeah. just some some things that were overlooked that yeah. shouldn't have been. Yeah. It was just kind of culturally accepted, unfortunately, at the yeah. time. But yeah. yeah. Um so our ratings for this. Yeah. I I actually went back and forth on this because I thought, well, my first as I'm watching it, like, this is a one. This is like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yes. But and I sat sat and thought about like, do I want to make sure that like our first is this really the worst cartoon I've ever seen? Yeah. It's close, <laughs> and and I decided I, I I'm not going to do a one. I'm going to give it a two, uh-huh. just because for you know whatever sadistic part of me looked forward to the live action vignettes because I wanted to see how bad and how stupid they were. Uh, I, so that you know it's kind of entertaining. Yes, it, it was entertaining enough, for, and and part of it was probably I, I just suffered through this so much, like I was looking grasping at anything. But <laughs> the thing that I looked forward to the most. Yeah, more than that was actually watching that that horrible entry, uh, horrible intro with the yeah. the two people biting it. On the, at least you got to see that twenty six. <laughs> yeah, it, it never got old, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I went with the two. It's not the two. I, I, there's room for worse. Yeah, not, there's not much. It could have got <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Could have got uglier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fortunately, maybe the saving grace here is there wasn't a lot of ugly. 
No, absolutely. There, yeah, there was some, and there, and you know, as for yeah, especially for an mid '80s cartoon, there was a lot of diversity in this cast. Sure, I mean, yeah. because the WWF had diversity. Yeah, I mean, you had the Iron Sheik. Yeah, had, Tito Santana, Jim Flexnica, dog. the Junkyard Dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and you had two, yeah, Mr. Fuji, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to, yeah, ex- kind of characterize that, but yeah. um, and then two female characters. So, right. I mean, I mean, as as '80s cartoons go, this was fairly diverse. pretty diverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I, you know, I thought about it the same way you did. Is this the worst cartoon I've ever seen? And I had trouble coming up with one that was worse. There were ones that I didn't like as much just because they weren't my thing. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they were bad. Mm-hmm. This was bad. Yeah. Um, so being the smart aleck that I am, I'm giving it a three as in like the countdown. <laughs> you know, you're, you're counting like. One, two, three, you're out. <laughs> so, so I went with the three just, just for that three second count. You're down. Yeah, this is this was actually I, I was I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting out of this one, but yeah, I didn't get it. Whatever it was, I, I didn't either. <laughs> I was really excited about it because of the nostalgia. Yeah, right. You know, we talk, That's how we got into this. Is like let's see if our nostalgia matches what these cartoons really were, and this yeah. one. I was really excited about it because mm-hmm. this wrestling was fun and it was cool. And I watched it with my brother and I remember having arguments with my dad, whether it was fake or not, you know, cause I was a kid and I believed it all. Mm. So the nostalgia was there. I'm like, Oh, this has got to be great. And it, it wasn't. No. <laughs> it wasn't. Sadly, this, no. Yeah. This is a fun conversation though. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had fun doing this one. It's more fun to talk about than to watch. I'll yes. <laughs> I know. So where are we going next time? What what magical uh, cartoon land are we are we discovering next? We are going to do a little something for the ladies. Nice. I had two little sisters, and they watched Rainbow Bright. So we're gonna we're gonna go over the rainbow in the next one and and pull that apart. Dig into the uh, world of corporate greed and greeting cards. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will be our first one that really was. Well, I guess the rock and wrestling had a purpose to market wrestling, mm-hmm. and this is the greeting card company. Yeah, this is marketing itself. This is even more blatant. We'll get into that history in the yeah. in, in the next episode. But great, yeah, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be good, but it'll be fun. But it'll be fun. Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert, and this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.